Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and if you've been reading through the scriptures with us, this is episode nine, and we are going headlong and we are knee deep in the law and the guidelines that God is giving to the people of Israel to help them see and experience what it looks like to be his people and to live in a land of their own. And I'm excited about our conversation today. Jimmy Thorpe is back with us. Aaron Connor, our friend, is joining us. And we are going to have a beautiful conversation about God's forgiveness in our lives and how that impacts everything, how it impacts the way that we see each other, the way that that we live our lives. So I'm glad you're here. Stick with us as we talk about the word this week. Jimmy and Aaron, hey. welcome. Thanks. Hi. I'm excited that we get to talk today. Uh, Jimmy, it's great to have you back. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Yeah. Aaron, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. I'm great. Good. Good. Glad to so, be here. So who is Aaron Connor? Um, well, I am the family ministry assistant here at the River. Uh, mm-hmm. I am assist Steve Chapman. I am the wife to Dustin and the mom to Elijah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, we love your family. So as as we've been reading through the Bible together, we 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 want to just dialogue about some of the things that have gone on, the things that uh, that are sticking out to us, and. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about who we are and and where we're at in life and and how that affects the way that we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jimmy, for you as a your follower of Jesus, you're mm-hmm. you're a dad, you're a husband, you right. uh, you're a pastor, a leader in the church. You know, how does how does that affect the way that you read the Bible when you sit down to read? Yeah, um, I think the 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 reality is we tend, I tend to read the Bible uh, uh, with an agenda mm-hmm. of some kind. Mm-hmm. It's like I either maybe I've carved out time to spend time with the Lord and read my Bible, and that's my intention. You know, I'm gonna learn more about Jesus. I'm just gonna have this moment to soak in relationship. Yeah. Um, but more often than not, you know. My 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 calling is also my vocation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we lead a lot of people, and we're trying to do that as healthy as possible. And I I believe the healthiest way to lead is through the Word of God and, sure. and being led by a Spirit. And so, what what begins as a good uh, thought ends in the reality of like sometimes I approach the Bible as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, that's a good leadership statement or, oh, that'll help me in this conversation mm-hmm. or, oh, I should share that when I get an opportunity to speak about this thing or whatever. And um, uh, sometimes that's a bias or sure. a filter mm-hmm. in which I process the word through. Um, and th- that's probably my most frequent. It, it, when, when you're a preacher or when you're one to want to share the gospel, you tend to like look at every empty building as a church plant <laughs> and you tend to like look at you know, your word as like, oh yeah, this is, this is great for me to share. This is great for me to pour out, but I don't often uh, look at it through the lens of like, this is for my nourishment. Mm-hmm. This is for my relationship and this is to sustain me. I often see it as a means to my end. And it's done in a, you know, 
my ambitions are pure, I think, but I often am convicted. I'm like, am I even reading this? Yeah. Just because I love Jesus, or am I reading this just so I can get something, some sure. something out of it? You yeah. know, if I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, for you, which lens do you tend to read the Bible through? Is it like I'm reading this very devotionally, or I'm reading it to gather information, or man, I just want to figure out how to be a better mom, or you know, what, yeah. what lens do you <laughs> tend to to read the Bible through? You think? Um, I think. The main lens is is to gather information, um, so that I can be a better mom. Okay. You know that that is probably the main one. You know, I was just praying this morning that help me fill me with what I need to fill my son with what he needs, mm-hmm. so that he can glorify you. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's uh, so. I, I think that's probably my main lens that I that I go through. But sometimes, um, as as well as the wealth of knowledge, I can use what I've read. Um, and share it with with other people, with my mm-hmm. friends, and um, in a way that they'll understand. Because for many years, I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, right. sure. You know, sure. What about you, Brian? You've got a large family and a wife. And yeah, a big team. And how how do you process things? Well, I, I think often when I think in the past, I've approached the Bible as this this library, this book, where if I'm going to be a good Christian or a good follower of Jesus, then mm. I have to read these things. Mm-hmm. I have to understand them. Right. And and sometimes even just reading it as, I know I'm supposed to do this, and now I can check the box. Mm. Mm. And I think how that's, that's changed over the past several years is right. instead of approaching it that way, I'm approaching it more from the sense of, this is just another opportunity to understand the heart and the character mm-hmm. of God. Yeah, it's le- it's less a a checklist and more of an invitation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I mm-hmm. think through read for me for Aaron through reading the Bible, um, my clarity. You know, every time I read it, my clarity is, is brought out more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my relationship with Him is growing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and for me, that's important. Yeah, and don't you guys think that sometimes there's there are definitely things that we're we don't understand. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Or that we're like, why why is right. that even even there? But sometimes we just kind of have to s- stick to it, right? Uh huh. Yeah. It, it applies to the text that we're we've been reading mm-hmm. with all of the laws. And yeah. It, it, it's a head scratcher. You're like, you know, Aaron was talking earlier about okay, you gotta. You know, do this so many times and that so many times and put the blood on your earlobe and your big toe. And, you know, it's like you shake your tail feather and you put your left foot in. It's like, it sounds... Shake it, it all it, about. Yeah, yeah. And and, and um, at the fear of being sacrilegious, it's like it just seems a little cuckoo, some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, back to Brian's question, you know, it's about how, how am I processing this as I read it? Am yeah. I looking at it through the lens of a middle-aged uh, white American, you know, red meat-eating man, or... Did you just call uh, yourself middle-aged? Oh, I, I think I did. <laughs> I'm going to regret that immensely. And red meat-eating. No, red meat-eating, that's true. That's <laughs> 100%. Um, but no, it's like, you know, I kind of know where I'm at in the world, and I know how the world looks at me, and it's so tempting to look at the word that way yeah. through that lens 
And the reality is, I am not an Israelite that has been subjected to atrocities and horrors of slavery, that has only known captivity, that has seen people bow down to literal gods of gold, that have been confused by mystics and clerics and Mm -hmm. people doing magical things in the realm of spirituality that looks like God, but it's not God and it's total trickery. And then to be led into this encampment where the holy fire of the Lord is around and people are like sacrificing all that. I mean, my context doesn't look anything like that. But the reality is, is that we see the fingerprints of Christ in it yeah. And it and and just to go there, if if we can, like in the text, I'm seeing all these laws, seeing all these things, and I'm just so thankful for Jesus that yeah. the whole law, all the prophets, all these things are summed up in the person of Jesus as this perfect sacrifice. Right. And me as a a a, a young spry meat eating American, <laughs> He's not middle aged anymore. That's awesome. oh man, I'm I'm totally. I don't identify with that. So, uh, but 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 now um, I can approach it through the lens of the gospel, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's the 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 win and the difference is like if I can stop looking at the Bible through my um, the way that the world looks at me, mm-hmm. and I can look at it through the gospel lens. Yeah. I can see all these laws and all these things, and I can sympathize with these people and recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ has fulfilled yeah. all this stuff. And that the 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 invitation is still the same to me mm-hmm. as it was to them. They they yes. he, God wanted their devotion in totality, right. and they needed absolution in their sin in totality. Mm-hmm. And he had to do all these sacrifices and all these things just to get there. And it's fulfilled in the person of Christ. But Christ still says, "Come and die." Mm-hmm. Christ still says, "I want everything." Right. In some ways, following Christ is even um, harder is the wrong word, but but it, it, it's not free of sacrifice. Yeah, because he looks at our hearts and at our intentions more than even the outward appearance. Right. So many of these laws, these uh, these rituals, these, mm-hmm. these things that were laid out that we read about this right. week had to do with almost these, these outward things. Like they are these checks boxes mm-hmm. you can, yeah. but... But God intended them to be, it's a picture of what's coming from your heart. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, so as we as we talk about these things we've read this week, Aaron, I'd love to start with you. What are some of the things that just jumped off the page to you or that were grabbing either your attention or your heart? I think I think the main thing to summarize reading all of this. I didn't, I'll admit going into this, I was like, oh gosh, I got to read all these laws. (laughs) But I think to summarize, um, God gave them a way for forgiveness and to be pure in heart with him Mm. for every sin that he could think of. I mean, like I said before, poor Moses, he was up on the mountain for a very, very long time telling his people, telling his people this, because God says it over, and you tell my people this. Receiving that from the Lord. Yeah. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, but for every sin, of course, we've just read a few in this week, but for everything, there was there was a way to rectify that. Yeah. Through sacrifice. Um, it might have been a little weird, you know, and not, like you said, <laughs> doesn't pertain to where we are. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of does, not the sacrifice part, uh-huh. but for every sin that we are going through today, there is also 
an ultimate sacrifice. That was the way mm -hmm. I feel. And you were saying even when someone was like kicked out and even when someone was poor. Yes. So, you know, if, if you had somebody that was poor, it tells us in, in the scripture, because um, a lot of people are bringing their best calf or their best bull mm -hmm. or their best, you know, from the flock, from the herd. But if you didn't have enough money to have that, then then you could bring two turtle doves or, or two pigeons. Was it pigeons? Two turtle doves and two other breed. Yeah. And then if you didn't have enough money for those, then you could bring uh, flour. No, right. and it grain was very offering or, yeah, yeah, grain offering. It was very specific. Of course, we learned about all the different offerings before, mm -hmm. but I just love that that he's not excluding them. No, this is what I, I want your best, and if if this is your best, right. then I'll take it. And it reminds yeah. you of the widow's might in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that that's God funny. honored those sacrifices as much as He did. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and one, maybe more. 20. Yeah, like she's given everything she's got. It's something that's yeah, not much to you, but by percentage, right. it's the same. <laughs> right. Aaron, why do you think that those are the things that stuck out to you, or how have you seen God's God's grace in your own life? Uh, he's forgiven me many, many times, and to where I don't think as that He should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, He's been very graceful to me, and He's been very graceful to my family and to my friends. But I've been in darkness. I have I have been in total darkness before, and He's led me out of that. And Amen. I felt like He called me. You know, yeah. He He gave me a way. He gave me away. At that time, I did not realize the significance of the way, mm -hmm. as a, as I do now. You know, as a, as my relationship has grown, mm -hmm. but he gave them away. Yeah. You know, the best that he could. He's, you know, in his mind, he's probably thinking, "Oh my gosh, what, I've done it again." <laughs> you know, <laughs> with these people, because no matter what he did, no matter how he proved himself, they they wanted something different. And and for me. I've, I catch myself doing that sometimes. Mm -hmm. No matter how much you've proven yourself to me, no matter how much you've picked me up, sometimes I catch myself over in the corner like, why is this happening? You know, I forget. And I think we, we forget very easily. Mm. Um, but I think I'm very grateful we don't have to do all these. Me too. The oils and the blood mm -hmm. and the yeah. our animals, but I'm very grateful for Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I even wrote that down in, my, in the Bible somewhere uh, during this section that... Man, I'm thankful for our new process. Yeah, yeah. you know, this is some of those that were very laid out. This is how you, this is how you, uh, you, you cut the animal. This is what you do. You take all the energy. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. like, man, mm -hmm. Jesus paid it all. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> he did. It's 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 yeah. it's really cool. Uh, how have Aaron? How have you seen God's forgiveness? How has it changed your life? I feel. I mean, I know now that He loves me. I, I do ask Him a lot. Uh, can you give me just a little glimpse of, of where this is going? Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes I think to myself, why why have you saved me so much? Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. I reminded my friend the other day that um, he chose us by name. He chose us by name before we were formed in our mother's womb, and he has a plan for each and every single one of us, whether mm -hmm. it's to grow his kingdom or whatever the case may be. There's a reason that we're here. Uh, like I said, I've messed up mm -hmm. big time. Big time. And there was a time in, our, in my life that I wanted to have a baby, and I couldn't have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, and, and eventually he allowed me to have a baby. But I, I could be totally wrong, but I feel in my heart that I needed to get things lined up in my life before I could have the gift of being a mom. Mm -hmm. and, and that is alignment with the Lord, I believe, yeah. so that I could be the mom that he wanted me to be. And if there's anything we've learned, it's like 
children are a gift from the Lord for sure. Yes. You know, yeah. they, they're they so miraculous in every facet, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, in our journey with that, you know, sometimes God says no yeah. and you, and you want to maybe blame yourself or what it, what is it in me or whatever, but I think the Lord loves me enough to tell me no sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, think about my marriage and it's not perfect, but it's great and I love it. And I'm, I, I wouldn't want to be with anyone else. And there were there was a time 20 years ago where I was pursuing other women and just really wanting stuff to happen. And God's like, nope. And, and praying, it, praying. And praying. God, let this be yeah. the one kind of, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and then nope. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the Lord loved me enough to tell me no. And then when he says yes, it's extravagant. It is extravagant. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now I see I see you and Kim. Like, uh-huh. You know, as wow. It's like two you peas. couldn't have you couldn't have yeah. brought this together yeah. any better, right? It's just a it's a fit. And I feel That's that so about mm-hmm. about all of us uh with yeah. a, with our spouses. Um but I think with children, like talk about the lens that you process the word mm-hmm. through. Um, that has really shown me the heart of the father yeah. as becoming a dad. Oh, yeah. Because you, Aaron, you're over there saying like, God, how can you love me? And me on the objectively from the outside is like, of course God loves you, Aaron. Like, and I and I because and I think of it in my own life. And it's hard for me to see that, mm-hmm. but I know how much I love my kids. The Bible says how much more. You know, yes. He clothes the lilies in their splendor and He feeds the sparrows. How much more does right. He love you? And uh, I think parenthood helps us helps us see the love of God in a in a way right. um, that's unique and beautiful. Yeah, Definitely. and I think that's a I think that's a great point to how we even approach like this section we're in this week, and and we'll be in the it's going to be a more of the same this next yeah. week as we as we're reading through mm-hmm. the law is that God is giving them these these guidelines. Uh-huh. As a perfect father, yeah, mm-hmm. and wanting a better way for them, mm-hmm. and I, I think that impacts the way that we read read these and understand mm-hmm. them too. Jimmy, what what's something that that jumped off the page to you this week? And this may be a, a random answer, and I'll get to it in a moment. But kind of what you were alluding to is like as we're reading this text, I'm trying not to obsess on the details of the offerings, but the heart behind them. You know, what were they set up for? What were they trying to to help the people atone for what what restitution was the Lord trying to make things fair in such a way and doing it this way. Um, and so as I'm looking through, it, it several passages point to the foreigners that are amongst them because they're a large people group. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. a million people, Lots of people. Uh, camping, <laughs> you know, on the move, <laughs> yeah, right. which sounds pretty awesome, but I don't think they have full hookups. Um, they're certainly <laughs> no. not internet. So they're out there together making their go of it. And, um, you know, amongst them are people from other nations. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are they ethnically different, but they are religiously different. They're maybe worshiping alternative um, uh, gods, lower G gods and stuff. And so it talks about the foreigner and, and some things stood out. It says, uh, foreigners must do exactly as you do. So like in regard to the practices and, yeah. and the, uh, the, uh, the offerings and the sacrifices and so forth. And then you're to treat a foreigner as native born when that's pretty significant. Like when a foreigner is amongst you, treat them as if they're part of who you yeah. are. And then uh, don't oppress a foreigner and also give them justice. And you can find some of that in Leviticus 19.33, but several passages through our reading, it kept popping up. 
And I'm, I, I'll admit, I'm trying not to get on a soapbox, but I'm over passionate, very passionate about the, the, the idea of uh, treating people with love and respect and dignity and kindness and, and affording yeah. people that same privilege as you would give yourself. Yeah. And I'm speaking specifically about racism. And I feel like it is a pervasive sin that is not only American, uh, but it, it, you know, and, and it takes place in America, but it takes place worldwide. All over the world. Yeah. And it is just, it is not of God. No, not at and all. And it's not apples to apples in the sense that all Americans are not the same ethnicity yeah. and we don't have the same heritage, but all believers are the same heritage. Right. Like we yeah. are. Uh, our allegiance and our uh, value system, everything we think, believe, and profess comes from the person of Jesus, mm -hmm. spoken in his word and guided by his Holy Spirit. We are one kingdom. And then we have people that are coming alongside of us that are outside of the kingdom yeah. that we have to treat with love, respect, and dignity and give them justice and treat them as if they're like us and yeah. saying, hey, wherever I am, you're welcome. And that's not just uh, those that are ethnically diverse from us, but those that think differently and believe differently. We've got to be able to be able to share the light and love of Jesus to yeah. all people because the gospel, as we read, is for all. It's it's not just for the Israelites. Right. It's not just for those Jews that became Christians. It's for everybody. And thank God it's for a Gentile like me yeah. that it's for everybody. And so as I read this, it just it makes me more passionate to make sure that I'm not putting up barriers in my life, that I'm not being prejudiced where that's improper, and that I'm certainly not being racist uh, I, I, I want to make sure that I see people uh, as image bearers of God mm -hmm. or potential yeah. image bearers of God that, that with the Holy Spirit in them, they reflect who God is. Um, and they may not look, sound, speak, and act like I think they ought to, right. but they're to be um, uh, treated with fairness and dignity and respect. And I, I just was even further emblazoned on that fact as I'm reading these laws. Yeah. Sure. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about what Paul Paul Rose says, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor right. Greek, male nor female, yeah. slave nor Scythian. You know, the idea that yeah. in Christ, right. within the body, you know, all, all other distinctions are gone. Are gone. It's flat ground at the foot of the yeah. cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. anyway, <laughs> past the baskets, but I'm just, I'm very pumped about that. And I yeah. do feel like, and if you're listening, if that's something that you're struggling with, that I, I totally sympathize with you. I, I, I recognize that it is difficult to overcome the differences that we see in people right. and, and to feel as if they're just like us. But I think the gospel is the filter in which yeah. we can see Absolutely. people to right size them and help us recognize that, boy, I am uh, I, I'm in desperate need of Jesus and so are you. Let's pursue him together, yeah. you know. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus is the lens through which we see people. Yes. And it's the lens we're talking about through which we yeah. reread the word. In here, he reminds the Israelites, you were once a foreigner in mm -hmm. Egypt. Totally. And, mm -hmm. and I can kind of relate. Before I knew Jesus, I was a foreigner. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? I was once a foreigner. not And I wasn't part of his of his family or his tribe or his nation yet. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Um. So I, I liked that. That's how I looked at that statement. Right. You know, as I was reading through all of this, there, 
kind of almost unexpectedly, there are so many things that that mm-hmm. that I saw that one, as you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, that point to Jesus, right? And and things that I just got hung up on, and uh-huh. yeah, I don't have time to share all those. Some of that was like the sabbatical uh, year, the uh-huh. year of jubilee. Oh, love, yeah. oh I'd love so to spend exciting. time. But I think something that applies to to what we've been talking about in the in the beginning of our readings for the week as it's talking about the different offerings, the guilt offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offering, all of those things, the phrase I saw repeated over and over again was that these were a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down too. And and the question I asked myself is like, what is that pleasing aroma to the Lord? Mm. And I think it's our praise. I think it's our thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But the one that jumped out to me was our atonement. Mm. Mm-hmm. is a pleasing aroma to yeah. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's happening in all of these different offerings. It's it's for our atonement, right? It's for right. our forgiveness. Yeah. And the Lord takes pleasure in that. That idea, that phrase, the pleasing aroma to the mm-hmm. Lord shot me to to the New Testament. And Paul mentions it a couple times, but in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, I want to read it. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrificing to God as a fragrant aroma, Mm. an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So he, Christ, is our pleasing aroma, Yeah, right? Is the pleasing aroma to, to the Father. But then also, then Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that we, that our lives can be a pleasing aroma to the Lord and to and to one another. Romans twelve one, you know, we present our bodies as living sacrifices, yeah. holy and pleasing to God, and this is our spiritual act of worship. And so, all these laws, all these—that's the the—it's uh, our lives that are set up to be this living sacrifice. Yeah, and you can read all these sacrifices, and it's very clear that not only are these things. Uh, once alive and are now dead, they are destroyed. Like they are burnt. They are done away with. And the juxtaposition of living sacrifice is always crazy to me. Like Mm -hmm. the only way that I can be dead and alive is through the power of Jesus. Right. Mm, And and I think that's the call as we're reading these, you know, you you said it beautifully as we're looking at how God takes pleasure in our um, sanctification even, right. yeah. um, then let him take pleasure in our lives. Yeah. Let him take pleasure as he sees us where we live, work, and play, um, being the light and love of Jesus. Absolutely. Where we are. One of the other phrases that, that was repeated several times talked about how these offerings were making them right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's to me, is just another picture of the Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, the one who was meant to be their king as they walk through uh, as a, as a mm-hmm. nation, he wants relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be made right with God. And that's, that's ultimately what Jesus did. Thanks for joining us this week. And I just want to encourage you, hang in there. We are going to be reading more of the law, more of the guidelines that God was giving to his people and, And I would encourage you, as you're reading, just pray and ask God, God, what are you wanting me to see as as I read? And we also want to just thank the River Community Church for giving us the opportunity to do this. And if you want to see 
more information on the river, you can go to theriverCC.com. Thanks. Thanks.